This is That So Second Millennium, where we explore issues at the interface between science, philosophy, and Catholic theology. I'm your host, Paul Giesting, and your co-host is Bill Schmidt. Welcome back to That So Second Millennium, episode 143. So in this episode, we're very happy to bring you an interview between myself and Scott Gazzoli of the Causing the Effect podcast. So Scott is, you know, I'd say he's kind of over in what you might call guru culture, which really kind of fascinates me um, and has for a long time because I want to do better things with my life than I have so far. Um, you know, whether that's something that floats your boat or not, that's obviously a major component of uh, modern American and Western culture is, you know, what do we do with the obstacles that we have? Um, how do we get over them? So, you know, in some sense, that's a psychological problem and therefore a scientific problem. But of course, in a lot of senses, it's also a spiritual problem. And that's really what our interview winds up being about. Um, so, yeah, it was it was inspirational for me, and I hope it is for you. So here is our episode where I interview Scott Gazzoli of Causing the Effect. Thanks. Welcome back to That's So Second Millennium. We are very pleased today to have Scott Gazzoli of the Causing the Effect podcast on today. So hopefully we're going to talk today about some fitness, some psychology of achievement, and uh, just wherever philosophically the conversation takes us. Welcome. What's going on, Paul? Thank you so much for having me, man. Yeah, no, this is great. We're really great. Uh, really glad to have you on today. And uh, yeah, so what's been going on in your life? Man, you know what? Ever since COVID got back to, to normal, everything kind of subsided. My life has kind of been taking a little turn here. And it's like, it's funny during COVID, everything was so um, easy for me. Like I know people were having a t- terrible time, but like I was kind of honed in here and I started, you know, looking more, um, just deeper as far mm-hmm. as my, my, my psyche goes. So you get into a little bit of Carl Jung, you get into, um, you get into some shadow work, let's say, but what really started getting me was, I realized I'm, I'm, uh, I'm kind of a, a book nut. I know most people listen to this are, but like for, for a kid from Brooklyn to be into, so into books, it, it became such a thing. And for me, I started looking really deep into existentialism, sure. you know, the seven principles, principles sure. of existentialism. Uh-huh. And I would say, and for people who are, yeah. So for people who are a little unfamiliar, there's the constitutional principles and then the actualization principles, the constitutional principles of existentialism, mystery, uh, mindness, freedom, and anxiety, and then the actualization principles, uh, authenticity, integrity, and sincerity. And I would say the actualization principles um, really kind of just touched my soul in a way, authenticity, integrity, and sincerity. So I've been on a path of unveiling this piece of life for myself through my podcast, through reading, through talking to people like yourself. And it's been like such a joy, but by no means is it an easy thing being your most sincere version of yourself, being the most authentic version of yourself. But that's kind of like the whole purpose of what I do, what I do, why I live my life. And I, I guess that overarching mission is, I feel like if we all lived to be a little bit more integrity driven, more sincere, more authentic, we would all be in a much better place. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's a that is, it is, it is incredibly difficult and it's so easy to go through life, you know, fooling yourself. I mean, deceiving yourself about what you're, what you're actually doing and what you're actually about. So, um, you know, giving us a little bit of sort of background on where you come from, like, you know, in terms of your early life and things like that, that led up to this being a, a point of great in- interest for you. 
Yeah, I would say I would. If you looked at me in my twenties, I was not the kid that would be uh, into this stuff. So I was. Um, I grew up in Brooklyn, New York. Born, and raised. I haven't left. Um, you know, my life uh, as Paul's childhood. I got to learn on my on our episode. You know, a little wild, a little traumatic. I guess we all have our our kind of scars. But um, my father disappeared when I was uh, seven years old. Yeah. Um, didn't know what happened until you know. You know, you kind of figure out, oh, okay, the last name's Gazzoli, we're families in the mafia a little bit. Um, my father disappeared. I went to the witness protection program. Uh, so I remember when I was like 11 or 12 years old, my mother saying, you know, you're not Scott Gazzoli Jr. anymore. You're now Scott Gazzoli. So I was like, oh, shit, I get stuck with the name. And my father kind of disappeared. And he came back and forth into life. And, um, you know, when I was uh, two years ago during COVID, I met my, uh, yeah, it's crazy. I met my grandfather for the first time who was in jail for 22 years. And, mm. um, I didn't know what happened. I didn't know what it was connected. And he told me the whole story. We met for dinner and it kind of gave me some closure. He said, you know, your father put me in jail for 22 years along with your uncles. Um, you know, so he's a rat. Um, and it, it kind of, it gave me closure more, more or less because you, you're always thinking as a kid, it's, it's more on you. It's your, like, you're the problem. Oh, you're not yeah. worth it. And I would say even having that, those yeah, you know, and and having those conditionings um, from one to t- you know from six to ten, those are those are like your trying times. And I, I always feel that I connect more with the younger men. Um, my podcast has become a, a kind of like you know a little bit of Jordan Peter Peterson esque. You know, I I really feel like I'm there to help the guys who don't have somebody to look after because I never had that. And um, living life, I, I I think people always say like, find um you know find your your figure and then kind of mimic off of it. But there's no figures who are super into fitness, super into the mind, super into all this. I'm kind of creating it as I go. Um, sure. And I really, um, you know, I went to, I, I went um, through my twenties kind of like how we were describing. And I would say the values, I didn't even know what values were. You're kind of living unconsciously off of what society tells you, off of what your parents tell you. So, um, you know, my mother gave me the choice, you know, um, you know, you're going to be a doctor, a lawyer, and finance. Which one do you want to be? I said, what's the least amount of years in school? Let me get my BS in uh, accounting and finance. So double majored, got a MBA, um, you know, spent years in the hedge fund world. And, you know, you're making all this money. And, you know, it just felt 27, become a, you know, your Italian kid, build a house, marry the pretty Italian girl, nice Italian family. It sounds perfect, right? That's And then I did that and I, I get to there and, you know, 28 comes, you're like, this doesn't, this feels this feels worse. Like what the hell's going on, Paul? And, um, some destructive qualities kind of popped up and I knew that I had to reset myself. So when I was, when I turned 30, started the podcast, started doing stand-up comedy, things that just, I feel, they just feel right. And, and ever since I started living that way, it's changed the way I process things. It's changed the way my, I aim my life now where it's not so much living off of the values of what society thinks is okay. It's living off the values of what Mm -hmm. I think is okay. And I think that's the best part of life. It's not like, it's, there's no meaning. It's the meaning that you choose to give it. And when you give it the meaning that you really feel deep down, it becomes a lot more vibrant, a lot more colorful. Yeah. Yeah. It does have to be authentic. I mean, then there's, then you get into the entire question. Is there beyond society? Is there something outside yourself that does have an actual claim on you? Yeah. (laughs) Not a great way to go forward. Just try to intuit what other people want you to do. Or I guess in Brooklyn, it sounds like they'll tell you what they want you to do, which in the Midwest is not so much a thing. You have to guess for yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, 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 you know, listen, it's all, I, we're in such a, we're in such a weird time. At least my, you know, I was part of this generation that, you know, we have, we're, we didn't have the phone in our hands as kids. And then as you grow up, you get the phone in your hand and you oh. see how 
everything is making an impression on you and it, you know, some for the good and some for the bad. So, um, that's the issue I've kind of struggled with is like, once you get to this place of awareness, like I'm up three 30 in the morning every day, I meditate for about an hour and a half. And I feel like it gives me, it lets me see the different levels of life from a psychological view, from a philosophical view, from an economical view, from a physical view, from a judgmental view, from like all these different pieces. And it's like, shit, I could see everything, but I can't change it yet. And they always say, this is the hardest part of meditation where like you're in that observance stage, but you can't quite you know, change those conditioned seeds inside of you. So it's like, I wish I never knew this shit. Just give me the blue pill again. And let me go back to being unconscious in the matrix. Um, so it's interesting. And we're, we're at at this point in life where it's, there's, there's this modern wisdom popping up from like the Stoics, there's practical science. And then you see this big surge of the new age spirituality coming in. And I think the next step is consciousness in some way. The consciousness has always been a thing for me that I'm so intrigued by. Like, what is this going to look like in a hundred years? Like, and I get nervous and I feel like the philosophy, the psychology, the mind work is needed to balance out the technology, the social media, all these different pieces that we're seeing. Um, like even, you know, I, I was telling Paul, I, I've, you know, if you have an addictive personality like, like myself and you have, you have the, the gambling apps now, I see it in kids. It's like, if you're 15, 16, 17, 18, you're no match for these things. So I get nervous with attention yeah. spans, with focus and just picking up bad habits, honestly. Yeah. yeah it's so easy to do. It's so easy to do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you have that great big hole inside of you and something has to fill it, you say and said, and I've said that for a long time. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's rough. That's rough. Um, so where does, where does fitness and with that whole poll? Well, yeah. What did, what are you saying? No, no. With, with that hold you mentioned, cause I, I, yeah, I was reading the denial of death by Ernest Becker and that, that feeling of, you know, lack that feeling of that hole that, that we all try to fill. Um, that was a question I was actually thinking about to ask you, like what, how have you dealt with that whole because we all have it and it's natural and it's kind of part of just being a human but there's the divine side of ourselves that i feel like is capable of filling in in a way how have you how have you dealt with that whole so to say gosh yeah i didn't i didn't expect to get the turnaround but um i mean it's it's very <laughs> much a work in progress i mean there's you know I, i've gotten a layer or two now knows how many limitless number um, turtles all the way down, probably. But, um, yeah, um, I mean, the whole, it takes many different forms. I mean, for me, in particular, because of what I went through and what we talked about on your episode, <clears throat> um, I mean, I was I was just talking to someone the other day about, like, I'm way in here, is how I feel. And the rest of the world, other people are all way out there. Um, and that's sort of a manifestation of what I mean by the whole, um, that there is no contact between the two. And so, you know, I, I, I remember a, a fairly pivotal moment in my life was about five years ago, four years ago, when um, I, you know, I read something, I mean, it was something that had been copied from Instagram onto Facebook, you know, something <laughs> um, just talking about dissociation. I'm like, what do you mean that's abnormal? <laughs> whole sense of like not being connected to the real world. That's how I spent my entire childhood and most of the time since. So, okay. I, I have some more work to do. <laughs> so how does that, but what, mm-hmm. you know, a conscious thought is not, is by no means all there is, but it's kind of what we have to work with, what we can actually work, you know, choose to work with. I mean, so some of it has been simply taking time and I should do it every day and I don't do it every day. 
from a therapist in St. Louis about, um, he called it dyadic resourcing. It's kind of a, a way of adjusting EMDR. So I literally just like, you know, I do a butterfly hug and I tap on my, you know, shoulders with my middle fingers, you know, alternately. And I think about, you know, it's weird, you know, who knows whether it'll ever get published, but I wrote this kind of short story, you know, cause I had, I could take a class, I could take a fiction writing class at the end of college. And I, you know, I wrote a story about, two geologists who go out to Wyoming and it starts out as coming of age story. And then they trip over a body and hijinks ensue. But, um, but this, you know, figure. So the, you know, the, it's a old codger and a graduate student and the graduate student is the point of view character, but the old codger, like I've come to realize, you know, talking to people like this is, this is the figure that I need to fill the hole. This is the father figure that I need you know, I'm, I'm seeing him. And, uh, and so now I can focus on, you know, so what, what the guy in St. Louis recommended that I do is to focus on him. And I don't, you know, I use other images as well. I use the blessed Virgin. Um, I, you know, I try to imagine myself being you know, embraced by Jesus or something, um, and trying to, you know, put myself in that position, like you were saying, six to 10 years old, that crisis point in life, um, every point in life could be a crisis point, but that's certainly, you know, it sounds like it was for you as it was for me, um, going through life, actually kind of a pudgy kid, and, you know, having terrible self-image and, you know, feeling like I was not the son, the son my father wanted and all this stuff. Yeah. All this, all this feeling like there's some, something that everyone else has that I don't have. I mean, which is a great satanic illusion. Um, but, and realizing that that's not, you know, mm. reminding over and over and over again, that that's not the case. And it makes a difference gradually. But I mean, that's that's the whole trap of I can't just think it and have it fill, you know, that hole once and for all. I've I've got to, you know, I spent how many decades doing this um, habit of thought, you know, habit of feeling, you know, building the opposite habit, short circuiting it, channeling it into another path is going to take a very long time. No, I'm with you, man. And that, that same thing for me. And even like, you know, so, I'm lucky well, enough to do okay in the material world and like all these other things. And, you know, it's, it's just, um, it's, it's interesting to hear your perspective. Thanks, Paul. Yeah, no, it's, and, uh, I was going to ask it, um, how does fitness fit into this for you? Sure. So fitness was like the, um, the first kind of step into actually changing. Cause I think, you, you know, you need, it's hard. Like people wait to have a certain feeling. Like I want to wait till I'm ready to do X and then I'll do it. That's not quite how it works. You need to do it and then you get the belief. It's like a, it's a, you know, self-fulfilling paradox in a way. So, um, you know, that, that, that little game, if you don't know it, and you're unconscious to it, you'll just sit and, and become inactive. So I was similar to, it's funny. That's why I was saying with you, with being pudgy, I was 260 pounds at one point. Yeah. If you looked at me in my teens and um, I was eating McDonald's four to five times a week. It just wasn't, I was just, you know, my mother's mother passed away and that was the one who cooked. And my mom was like, oh, McDonald's will work. So we go to the doctor, <laughs> the triglycerides are through the roof. And the doctor said, listen, you're going you're, you're gonna to get diabetes. Um, you know, you got to start looking into this. This was 17, 18. And, and you know, me being me, obsessive, yeah. I, you know, said, okay, I want to get, I want to lose a hundred pounds. You lose a hundred pounds. You just kind of starve yourself. And then like, that was the, the, I was always so 
worried about what other people thought about me. Um, I yeah. was, I never even wanted to go to a gym. And when, you know, oh, yeah. I, I had so much anxiety about it, I would like be shaking as I'm like bench pressing, like the weirdest things. And, and I just sat there, I said, what, this just doesn't feel right. Like I have to kind of walk through this. So start showing up to the gym every day. You say, okay, I want to lose weight. And then you say, okay, I want to put on a little muscle. And I would say, you know, being 32 now, I really don't care about the vanity of it. It's more just to be healthy, but I am in pretty good shape and I, I take it very seriously. But like that, when you actually change yourself, when you say, wow, I changed how I look. What else could I change? Yeah. Uh, this was around 24, 25. I st- you know, I started to say, wow, you could change stuff in the mind maybe? Is this possible? That's when I got introduced to Tibetan Buddhism and Hinduism. Um, my cousins are very academically driven, Oxford philosophy grads. And they said, listen, just take try, 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 try this book. It was called um, you know, Mindfulness in Plain English from a, a Wall Street guy who had a nervous breakdown and ended up you know, becoming a monk, all this good stuff. And, um, that just really hit me. And I was the type of person where I couldn't even do mindfulness for 30 seconds. And now it's just a, yeah. a full branch of my life that, that is absolutely needed. Like when I don't do my, my work, my, my team at work is like, Oh, Scott didn't meditate today. And, um, you know, I think people try to look for, if you're coming from like a Western view, it's always like, what is the point of this? Like, what, what, what you know, what are you trying to get out right. of meditation? It's like the point of meditation is like dancing to me. It's like, I do it cause I like it. And if you try to get something out of something, yeah. like when you're reading a book, if you're trying to look for that piece of insight, you'll never find the insight. Um, and that comes into letting go and attachment and to like, that's really what I've been trying to work on this year is like looking closely at like that feeling, right? That feeling of lack is what I, I've been seeing it pop up more in my life of like, oh, nobody loves me. I'm just sitting here and everybody has an issue with me and I'm the asshole. And it's like, really? Is that really how it is? Like, this is a, it's everybody else's issue. It's not you. So when you start kind of unveiling that, I've been looking closely at that, those feelings of like, instead of pushing it away and numbing it with things, which I've done enough of this year, it's more of like really staring at it in the face now and saying, well, why? And, and, and asking the, those harder questions and really sitting off the phone, sitting off of technology and, and just really sitting with my thoughts. Like tonight, Fridays, I spend, you know, six hours by myself in the, in the room, just really like meditating, but, but also like asking those questions, like why had a re- review of my week. And um, mm-hmm. sometimes it gets a little too dark if, you, if you're not in the right mindset. But for me, it's, it's been like my anchor and I, I love it. Like I canceled a day tonight just because I was like, I, I need this tonight. Like I need to, I just need that kind of weekly review of what's going on. Cause when you start, understanding like that, I think that's so subconscious for us is like that first way you, you think of, of how you, you look at people. And for me, I realize it's very negative. I'm like, oh, this is, that's, that's not a good way to be. Like, even if it's, oh, it makes you quick and it makes you witty and it makes you never get, you know, the, the, the rug pulled over your eyes. There's always an implication to it. So maybe that's too much of a pessimistic view or too much of a, you know, just a view of like expecting the worst from people in a way that I don't think is, is that healthy. So that's kind of what I've been unraveling with. Wow. Yeah, it is. And it, yeah, <laughs> it's funny how that went from fitness into, into meditation. And you could see that, but that whole you know, question <laughs> of there's this change. I mean, yeah, getting, getting that first taste of something could change. And I wish I had more of that with regard to fitness specifically. Um, I've had a little bit, but um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, really for me, I, I, I got to the point where I could sort of down part of me still believes I'm a pudgy kid I'm like if, if I if I take that work like you're describing if I'm quiet with myself and I look in that direction I'm like oh yeah I still see that that's totally still there um but I do have another viewpoint and that viewpoint kind of grew in after I went to after college where I went to France like I went to this five-week trip to France and France is a strange place because 
it has wonderful food. And yet I lost so much weight there because <laughs> I was wandering around, you know, I was, I was walking around for five weeks and you know, doing all this other stuff and, you know, not eating the quantity. Um, and then I went to field camp in 2000 and, you know, and lost another, you know, however much weight. Cause all I was doing was I was just out on the rock with my mat board, you know, all day for six weeks. Um, it was a beautiful thing. Um, mm. and saying so, I've never really gone all the way back. Um, so now, I'm six foot four. I'm probably not actually overweight, but it's, but, but that voice is still there. That, that picture is still there. Um, yeah. well, I'm, I'm with you. And, and that's the, that for me, that's like, it's so funny. Like this girl called me before and she was, we're in the gym and we we're talking about it. And I, she was like, Hey, look, and I'm like, I don't like talking about it. Cause like, I, I think I like this body dysmorphia thing. And you're always in, you're always going back to that old person. Even like, you're clearly a skinny guy. I'm clearly a fit guy. It's just that 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 mind shift. And even in the gym now, that's why like I've kind of I used to the the podcast was so heavily I was trying to get deeper into fitness and for me like I saw you need balance of everything. So for me, it's about understanding where you're at and having that awareness that and almost like you're changing the character, right? You're going back to that old that old chubby kid and like bring it back to like reality. Like no, you're you're not quite there. And that's why for me I I I thought you know, the, the union of the mind, body, and spirit was such an important thing. And I thought maybe, you know, when I started it, fitness was maybe more important. And then when you go through a personal development stage, like you're listening to Tony Robbins and I'm hitting my goals and I'm making money. It's like, yeah, it's your mind. And then you kind of lean more on spirituality when you realize that you're going to keep trying to fill a a never ending bucket. And now I'm realizing like, it's really a balance of these three things. Like they're equally important. You need to get up, move around, yeah, it's just never, it's never ending. And, and that physiology is important just because fitness, you know, not saying you need to be like me and be two hours in the gym, three hours in the gym, but take a walk and keep yourself healthy. But your thoughts are so important and, and that, that mind piece and, and what, how you talk to yourself is so important. But then also the people you surround yourself with are so important because the, you don't really, like I just started realizing that too. Like I'm around a lot of people that really aren't at the same energy as me anymore. And I'm outgrowing this whole Brooklyn thing and this whole, let's go out and get girls. And you know, it's about kind of showing off and like, I'm realizing the quality of the people that you surround yourself with. Like even like the, I, I was, I was, I have like this chart of my days and every time Mondays and Fridays are the best days of the week. And I go, Oh, why? Oh, cause I'm podcasting. Cause I'm talking to people that are like-minded individuals that are just maybe a little bit on a different unique path of mine, but we're all kind of similar in a way that, um, we're able to yeah. talk about it and able to like discuss these things more on a higher level that, um, it's just, it's, it's really cool. So, you know, if I would tell everybody, you gotta do a little bit of, a little bit of, of everything. You have to kind of wake up in the morning, stay off the phone, sit with your thoughts, call it whatever you'd like. Introspection, meditation. Like I can't say meditation to my little 18 yeah. year old cousins. Like, what is that gay shit? It's like, all right guys, sit and journal, whatever, whatever it works for you. Do that. Wake, take a walk, get, get, get the blood flowing a little bit, get some serotonin pumping, eat right, sleep right. And you'll solve 80% of your issues just by doing that stuff. But people don't make money off that. People want to coach you and, you know, hit all these things. And, you know, I, I as a person who's had coaches, it's like, there's always going to be something like we're saying that that's why I try to be very authentic in what I speak about. Cause it doesn't really match the outside person. Cause when I'm around people, there's that great Scott that comes into it. So when I'm here, it's like, Oh, this is, this is the real me. This is the most authentic me. And it, it's, it's, um, in this world, it's easy to kind of take advantage of the psychology of a mind. And when people have the whole, right, we all have the yeah. whole, it's easy. But when I, when I say that to somebody like, Oh, you have suffering. It's okay. You know, that's what the Buddha said. It's there. Yeah. And now it's about mitigating that. And that's it. And, you know, for me, um, going through this process has been such like an enlightening thing because you see the good and the bad of of the the podcast world, the people who want to sell you something, the people who want to do this. And it's like, we don't do any of that where, you know, on, on my show, it's just more like, here's what works for me. This is it. And, you know, let's just try to figure it out together. 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That is, that is one of the attractive things about your show for sure. Yeah. 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 And that's a fascinating, I mean, that, that aspect of spirituality, cause that's, um, the whole, yeah. Buddhism's attitude towards suffering versus Catholicism, Catholic Christianity's attitude towards suffering. It's easy to, it's, it's easy to take a superficial look at them and say they're, um, but I think the truth is more subtle than that. Um, there's a lot, I, th- I think, I think Catholicism recognizes there's a lot of suffering that we inflict on ourselves needlessly. Um, if you get deep enough into the mystics, you know, they would recognize what the was talking about in terms of, yeah, I don't, I don't need all this stuff. All, all of these things that I chase off after in the world, you know, making a great show of things like you're talking about that, that lifestyle that you're sort of, you know, summing up there. Um, you know, going out and being seen, having, having you know being seen with the right people all of that you know wearing the right things all that sort of thing living in the right neighborhood all of that stuff i mean you know it's it that by itself is a treadmill and that's a treadmill to nowhere um you, know, you can just keep feeding that and get more and more anxious about that and never have enough i mean donald trump probably does not think that he has enough um but you know how could that <laughs> How could that possibly be the answer? Yeah, no, and and this, you know, even if you, if you want, because when, when you're like like a guy like me who's very, you know, go go go, even like you can get too on your high horse with the spirituality, so you you end up trading the chain of gold for the chain for the beads. It's like it's the same thing. Like you're trying to show off how spiritual. It's like yeah, yeah. Well, just let let go of this shit. Because I I personally think Jesus, the Buddha, all of them were trying to say similar things. Um, and you know, it's 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 about being humble, having perspective, um, you know, the, the main kind of those needs of what we need. We need phys- we have phys- uh, physiological needs. We need love and belonging. We need safety and security. And we need a little bit of self-esteem. Like those are the key components of what we're trying to, th- those glasses that we're trying to fill. So even um, connection has been such a, a, a big thing in my life of just being able to help people on, on an everyday basis. When you get these emails and, you know, you're just, uh, I get, sad at how easy it is to make a young 18 year old man happy just by giving a little pep talk like that. That's really, cause mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, for me, that's all I want too. We all kind of want that as men, just like, you know, you're, you're right. And you know, somebody's here to kind of help you. Um, and yeah. you know, some people find that or numb that feeling and, and just don't, don't look at it. Um, and when you start becoming more aware of these things, just talking about this stuff, cause I think all the podcasts in, in, the, in our space, are integral to like dropping little tablets and ponds where you're raising the consciousness of it and making it okay to talk about your feelings, making it okay to say, listen, I went through some shit and you know, it's, it's okay to feel this way. It's not that you all have to be the cool kid and you're all with the, you know, the coolest cool and you know, all that stuff. It just, um, it gets tiring after a while. Yeah. Yeah. Keeping up that facade, which, you know, I was never very good at <laughs> at all in the first place, but yeah, I can only imagine <laughs> from the outside how hard it is to actually like keep those, keep those balls in the air and keep that, keep, keep the whole thing, you know, from being caving in on one side or the other. Yeah. Jeez. That's funny how we come from different directions and yet. Yeah. Yeah. No, and it's, it's, um, yeah, that's why I would think we got along. Cause it's, it's all the, you know, some, most 
men who feel this way, like the path is all different, but the feelings are the same. And at the essence of it, like, that's what I love about people. People always ask me, why do people like so much? I'm like, I'm not really, I don't care about what you do. I don't care about where you're like, where you're comfortable. It's like, who are you? Like, and even language tends to make it muddled. But like, for me, it's fair. Like, I think in a previous life, I was like a shaman and I could just see people's kind of spirit or their soul or something. And it's just like, it's, it's, it's fun to me when you start, Jesus said, you know, be, um, be in the world, but not of it. Right. And that's the way I kind of take the approach. It's like, yeah, I do the material stuff and I'm playing this game. It's more like life's just a game to me. And, and for me, when I'm acting that way, everything is a little easier because I'm taking it. I'm not as stressful. I'm not as like loose. And maybe that's a little piece for people to take approach. Like look at it like a game. Like, yeah, you're going to, yeah, there's no, maybe there is no way to be completely authentic because you just can't. And that's all right. Like, Hey, we're trying our best and you can keep talking about it. But like, for the most part, we don't really know what we're doing. Like, I don't know what I'm, I'm just kind of winging it. And you know, it's, it's fun when you, when you're, you know, like you can take stuff lightly. Cause I think, you know, my day job has put me in a very p- particular s- situation where I'm dealing with billionaires every day and you're able to like, like you'd see a guy taking it so seriously. Like I need this, like this one guy was telling me he was mad that he was worth, like you were talking about Donald Trump, this dude, very loves Trump and all that stuff. They're friends. And, um, he was worth, let's say three to $4 billion. And he was mad that his friend is worth five to $6 billion. And it's like, all right, well, clearly it does. The money will never make you happy because they're, they're, it's the mind, because this is the same guy that, um, yeah, it just doesn't matter. It's always something else. And, and even his friend who was happy about that, another client of mine, he was thinking somebody's going to steal his money from a physical view. So what do we do? We gave him uh, chief security officers, guys from the secret service. Then he said, well, no, they're going to steal it digitally. So it's just like, oh, you will just keep going and going until if you don't like get to it. And that's when, you know, I would say even now, like understanding, like you have to get down deeper because if you get all the money, if you get all the women, if you get all of that and you're still worried about something, like what is the point? Like you're just might, might as well not even try if you can't really figure out the source of it. So I'm learning more and more. The spirit is, is the foundation of it. And then the essence of yourself being in congruity with how you view it. And also just taking that approach of like the glass is half full. You have to view it that way. Even though it may not be the reality that you're living in today, you have to live that way because that um, living the other way is nihilism. Yeah. 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 It's, it's chasing after nothing and it will prove itself as such, you know, sooner, sooner rather than later in most cases. Yeah. 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 That, that life. Yeah. The life is a game. I mean, it's certainly, the point of it must not be that we do exactly the right thing every day. You know, the profession like that must not be the point because none of us are given a, you know, a manual to, to tell us exactly what to do, um, how to walk through life and do it all exactly right. Um, yeah. Accepting that that's, you know, of course that's not the point. Of course I'm going to have to learn through trying, you know, finding out, Oh, this, this isn't the optimal outcome. I guess I can see if I can do anything better, but yeah. And, and, and taking it less seriously because, yeah, it's, it's so easy to go to yeah. one or the other extreme. And, yeah. and that's kind of how we were programmed, right? Black and white. But there's so much gray to this. And like that, that yin and yang was, is always a thing that I balance with. Because for me, I'm either like super regimented. Today, I'm on my shit. Perfect. No gambling, no vices. Or I'm just out of control. And that is part of the character that people even impress on me. I'm like, well, why, why do you even have to be that way? But when you start digging deeper, it's like there's there's the yin implies the yang. The black implies the white. And I think all of it is this balance of of, of the being and doing. And, and for people like myself, the doing is, is relatively easy. Like you're like, Scott, make a million bucks. It's like, all right, let's go make a million bucks. Let's, we'll figure it out. But that 
having peace is just incredibly difficult. And, and for me, understanding that you need both and you need to be able to balance this. Like, um, the, the Jesuits would always, um, even pre-Bible, they would talk about it being the, the God of mercy and the, and the God of justice. You need to have both of those hands and you need to be able to balance both of those beings. And now it's turned into the yin and yang and the being and doing. It's all the same thing of these two pieces, that animal part of you and that, that divine part of you. And it's about being able to mend both of those. And, um, you know, Carl Jung has been a big influence on me and that integration of the soul. It's, it's hard. Cause when you're, you know, I want to be unique. I want to be cool. I want to, okay. And then you get it. Mm-hmm. But what implies unique that implies that, you know, you're on the path of uniqueness alone, basically. So th- there's, there's yeah. just implications to everything. When you start really realizing it's like, maybe I don't want to be as unique as I thought I wanted to be, no. you know? So there is kind of, no. you talk out of both sides of your mouth. Yeah. 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 Uniqueness <laughs> is a, is a, is a curse that we've, it's our, you know, it, you can't unhave an insight. Someone said in the 20th century, um, and you 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 turn around once you've realized that uniqueness is not all it's cut out to be. It's like, how did we ever let ourselves get sold this bill of goods? <laughs> how did we ever decide, like, you know, being the only one on this path, <laughs> so there's no one to help me? Um, how did that ever sound attractive? <sighs> so that's yeah. I mean, that's another aspect of things being a game, and you know, and talking about. Yeah, I mean your your idea of you know the eighteen year old with a pep talk. Gosh, yeah, to be able to to go back in time and you know have that myself because I was you know I felt like I had to have all the answers. I knew I didn't on some level, but I felt like I had to pretend. Um, yeah, and to know that it's a game, perfection is not even an option. Don't worry about it. Just try to do better today. The, out, the consequences are not that serious. I mean, there are consequences. It's worthwhile living. I mean, you can go too far the other direction that everything's pointless and it doesn't matter what I do. But yeah, yeah there, there's a golden mean in there somewhere where like there's room to try. Absolutely. Because yeah, exactly. And, and like, that's the, that's the fun part of it. like when you really figure out your values. And I would say on a basic level, there's a couple people like some people like certainty, some people like uncertainty, some people like growth, some people like love, some people like contribution. I love uncertainty. Mm-hmm. Uncertainty would be variety. Like if you, t- if I got everything I wanted, what would, ha- if any of us got everything we wanted, then that's, if I, if somebody give you the genie came here and gave you the three wishes, then you told them there's no excitement. There's no, there's no vigor. You would get bored of it. And then that's, Basically, the pet, like the future, your the, your selected future is the past. Then, so then you're just taking out the the fun of it. So, even you know, I'm getting the the, the tattoo tomorrow of this too shall pass of, of just understanding that everything is really impermanent in a way, and that's another Buddhist you know thing yeah. of just you know accepting that and, and like really enjoying the highs as much as you enjoy the lows and and being able to uh, there's just this balance going on because I, I kept trying. I think people look at life like it's a stock market. It's up and down. It's not really how it works. It's almost like fourth dimensional where you're like, you're, you, I have an aim. It's somebody I want to be. And I think it's here. And then like doing comedy, like I like comedy. It's fun. It's cool. It's like exploration of the self-awareness because, you know, you don't even realize the way people view. You. I had no idea. I literally had no idea how the world viewed me until I did comedy. Until people come, until the owner and people, well, you should, you know, did you know like you're a good looking guy and like you're the cool guy? I was like, me? I'm the cool guy? Like what the, like who the <laughs> fuck told me that? So it's this whole, this, it's, it's like a, I had no clue. And especially with comedians, they're all the, the, yeah. the they're the craziest people in the world. So like, and all messed up. So it, it's just very funny yeah. that, you know, it's so like perception is such a difficult thing because we're constantly, I'm perceiving, 
pole perceiving me. Is that even like possible? And then you're two in your head. So it's more, you know, that brings in the, the eternal present moment and Eckhart Tolle and, you know, all that, that great stuff. Cause that balance of the past going back, digging into the past and understanding where the trauma came from. Then you have the present of being eternal mindful. And then you have the future, which is a constant bartering with you and the future version of yourselves. It's a lot to fucking deal with, right? But th- th- that's what you kind of need to do to optimize it. So people who say, I, you know, you need to, it's it's, it's no joke, Paul. So it's, it, and people want to say it's just about the, being the present. But if you're all in the present, then maybe you're, you know, it's just, you have to learn how to balance. And even for me, that, that's sure. been a struggle because, you know, you go back too much and you end up getting yourself too manic. And then you worry about the future too much and you're you're stuck on the, the end of the goal. And then you're in the moment too much and then you're not getting shit done. It's like this constant back and forth, yeah. back and forth. Yeah. It gets tired. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's, 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 I mean, that's, you know, that's the game in some way It's like, what is, what is the point where I am actively, mm-hmm. actively, of course, cause you can't like, you can't like, Oh yeah, here it is. I'm going to dial this in. I'm going to be right here at the balance point and then I don't have to worry about it anymore. That's absolutely not how it's going to work. <laughs> and you keep getting, it doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Can't. I've tried. Yeah. Yeah. But that, but that, you know, learning how to ride that bicycle, so to speak of, you know, like, yeah, okay, no, no, this is, if I do this, I'm going to fall off. And if I do this, I'm going to fall off the other end. Um, yeah. So this, this is coming in. How do I, how do I, you know, deal with it? What, how do I judo it into, you know, being a part of my life as opposed to this obstacle that I can't overcome? Yeah. Yeah. That's exciting. That's, that's the thing. If you, if you, if I can get around to the point, if I can get around to the point where I'm like, you know what, all the challenges I'm going to face today, they're just, this is, this is the game I get to play today. I mean, that's what I, I guess maybe what I'll take away from this conversation. Not that I'll take multiple things away from this conversation, but I really appreciate that's that. That's a good one. I'm a, yeah. No, I'm going to look at that that way too, because that, that that just gave me a sense of ease when you said like, oh, it's just this is like a little game. Me and Paul are playing a game, just trying to help people out. And then, you know, because I always, you know, you get so, so for me, it's hard to change the character. Because like I was telling Paul, I was on a call right before this. I was like, you're going from, I'm talking to a billionaire to now pot. And like, I, I've accepted that it's all me. But it's hard sometimes because it's like then uh, you're losing your freaking mind. There's these multiple personalities, but it, it is all us. It's all that integration of it. And at the end of it, I think it's always better to do the work because you're going to get an insight at least. And, you know, I, for me, I'd rather be conscious and be struggling maybe a little bit more instead of being ignorant, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, wow. We could continue this for a long time, but unfortunately, we both have time constraints today. So. <laughs> This is praise God. Really appreciate you coming on the podcast, and uh, look forward to listening to the conversations you continue to have over at uh, Causing the Effect. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll see what we can we can oh. do together in the future. I hope. Of course, Paul. Dude, thank you so much, man. You're one of the real ones, and um, I appreciate. And everybody, go listen to uh, episode two twenty one. It dropped. You know, it dropped. Um, it's uh, what, 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 what month are we in? We're in August. August. Dropped August eighteenth. But Paul was um very willing to. I've gotten great feedback on that one. Um, one of the best episodes of, of the year so far. And, and Paul was um very open and and people seem to love his story. So just thank you, Paul, for everything, man. Oh, I really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. So definitely go back and listen to that and then many other episodes as well while you're there. So uh, thank you so much, Scott. Talk again soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of That So Second Millennium. TSSM's audio producer is Morgan Burkhardt. Our theme music, Igneous Grok, was composed and performed by Vin Marquardt. For my co-host Bill Schmidt, I'm Paul Geesting. Until next time.